Bronx, episode 19. We are the podcast that celebrates Bronx creatives and change makers, and I'm your boy, KB. You're what's going on, beautiful people. It's your boy, Jay. Before we jump into episode 19, I always like to encourage you all to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with everything we have going on. But I'm going to kick it back to Kev to introduce our special guest. So we have a very special guest today. Uh, I have known this young man since he was a senior in high school, and now he's a grown man doing grown man things in the world. He is the founder and editor of BodegaBody.com, and he is the host and creator of the Bodega Body podcast. Please make some noise for Rich Sabata in the building. Rich, what's popping, man? How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm I'm feeling good. I was I was just telling Kev before we hit the record button. I was uh, enjoying a couple of drinks with my lady last night. So you know, and I'm uh, nursing a little bit of a headache, but uh, all good. Otherwise, I got my got my coffee right here. I got my water bottle, so I'm uh, good to go. Yo, I hear that, man. I'm glad you're enjoying your time, though. That's what it's all about. Despite all that's happening in the world, find some joy, some happiness. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so Rich. Um, you know, Kev said all these great things about you and all the dope work you're doing. But the, the one thing we love to do is really get a sense of who it is that we're speaking mm. to. And we want our audience to learn a little bit more about you. So my first question for you is, how do you identify? Who are you? It's, a, it's an interesting question. I, I, um, I always call myself uh, a storyteller. Uh, no matter what I do. So uh, in my full time work, I'm a marketer, I, I work in marketing with a bunch of big companies. Um, but in my spare time, I am, um, as you know, Kev's lovely introduction, I am the founder and editor of bodegabody.com, um, where I, I, I talk a lot about health and fitness um, and uh, finding ways to become your best self, um, trying to break down the barriers that exist um, to health and fitness. But other than that, you know, I'm, I'm a son, I'm a, you know, a boyfriend, a brother, um, you know, I, I try to, to live in, in all of these spaces and, and do all these things and, and keep them in balance. That's what's up. So, uh, so I, I, I mentioned knowing you when you were, when you were in high school, um, and you, so just for the, for the listeners, I, I actually know Rich because I used to work at a community-based organization doing college access work. And Rich was one of the students that I had the pleasure of working with. Um, so one of the things that's actually cool about the work that I get to do is getting to see, uh, getting to see young people, getting to see them much later in their, when they're off in the world doing cool things. Uh, but one of the things that I, I, I got to even just seeing you on social media that I noticed, you completely transformed your life in a lot of ways, right? And uh, and as we all do, but one of the ways that you did was physically, right? Yeah. So if so, if you don't mind, can you? I mean, I guess tell the listeners a little bit about your journey. Uh, yeah. I guess with food, exercise, nutrition. Yeah. Um. You know, it's um, it's really interesting because I, you know, being born and raised in the Bronx, I am uh, Mexican and Dominican. So my parents met uh, in the Bronx, uh, and I had always been the like the chubby kid who would get picked last uh, you know for playing all games i was never really good at sports i was never very uh athletic i was always kind of dorky i was always that corny kid and you know, you know i i think that for for the longest time i didn't necessarily care or think about uh my physical body and um, how to live, how to live my sort of best, healthiest self. And throughout life, I, I little by little had let myself go more and more and more. And, you know, I, I think I'd always get like comments from my mom or, or my sister, you know, telling me, you know, when, when are you going to lose weight? When are you going to, you know, do something better for yourself? But, but no one ever really taught me how to do that. No one ever really taught me what that means or, kind of the purpose of it and you know what it's what it's for right like i always thought that you know, it's just, just your body image and and that's kind of the end of the story and you know i th throughout college i i as you get more and more into drinking and as you get more and more into partying you know you you start to develop a lot more unhealthy habits and I think at my biggest, I had, I was 334 pounds. Um, so I was a bit of a big boy. Um, 
And in my post-college life, I found myself at a place where I was big. I had just broken up with a girl that I was with for a long time, and I was incredibly depressed about that. Things in my career weren't necessarily taking off, so I was incredibly down in the dumps around that. And there, there was a couple of very sort of revealing moments for myself that I tried to, that I, that I think back on as these are the, the pivotal moments that, that were defining in my life. And, and so there was this one night where um, I had just smoked an eighth of weed. Um, I had just drank two or three limeritas. So I, I was down in the dumps. If, you know, you're drinking a limerita there, you know, you're, you're obviously not reaching far for, for a good drink. <laughs> I had just eaten an entire pizza. Uh, it had like chicken and bacon and all this stuff. And I looked at myself and I was like, what are you doing, man? Like you're, you're in your apartment by yourself. You're sad as hell. And you're not going anywhere with this attitude and, and this being sad and down all the time. Around the same time, my brother was uh, getting ready for his wedding and he would always clown, clown me and, and, and he'd tell me, you know, Rich, when are you, are, when are you gonna start working out? When are you uh, gonna get into tuxedo shape for my wedding? And obviously like when you're, when you're doing a tuxedo, you can get it whatever size you want, but that was the this this kind of funny motivator for me to say you know what i am going to get into tuxedo shape i am going to do something about this um and you know he 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 had like kind of brushed it off like yeah yeah okay like you're you're going to go do it and me being the guy that i was i i, I told myself that look i i'm going to prove you wrong and i'm going to prove everyone wrong that i can do this and i can do this for myself so at the same time that I was trying to find some kind of mental, emotional balance in my life, I also had this, this sort of fire lit under my ass by my, by my brother to tell me, okay, I'm going to go. And, and so I started going to the gym, I don't know, once, maybe twice a week, going to um, Blink Fitness, because uh, that's all I could afford at the time. And there's nothing wrong with Blink Fitness. They, they have, you know, pretty much everything that, that you need to work out there. Um, and I kept working at it. And I think little by little, I had started um, going more frequently. I had started working out more. And somewhere along the way, I had realized that the food that I was putting in my body was affecting my workouts very differently. And so before I even addressed the nutrition in my life, I was doing trying to get into the fitness part. And so little by little, I had started making adjustments into my diet. I'd started making adjustments into my, my workout routine. And next thing I know, um, I started working out in like February. And my, my brother's wedding was in July. Next thing I know, I'm down 40 pounds uh, before my brother's wedding. And everyone was like, yo, like, wow. you know, you look so great. You look amazing. That's it. That's incredible. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to because you gave us. A, I, I want to make sure that the, the listeners are kind of hearing all of this. Right. Because this is this is a, a, a lot to kind of kind of process. Right. So I, I actually so one that's incredible uh, that you were able to kind of get yourself off the couch and kind of say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a 180 and I'm gonna turn this around. But one of the things for me that, and this is something that I like, I struggle with all the time, is even if I, and obviously COVID now, so no one's going to gyms or gyms are slowly opening up, but, but sometimes I go to the gym, I don't know what to do, right? Like I have maybe the same four or five workouts that I do and after a while you'll start to play. Like how did you, coming from like the couch and pizza and, and, and drinking, how did you say like, I'm gonna go to the gym and and actually do meaningful work there? That's a great question. I, um, so in, in college, I, I had known a lot of athletic guys. I, I was in a fraternity. And so I had always seen uh, and hear a lot of people talk about random things that they did at the gym. But it, again, I'd never really seen any of it. Um, so when I first started going to the gym, I was like, okay, I see the treadmill over there. I've seen treadmills before. So I'm gonna try running on a treadmill. 
Little did I know that at 334 pounds, you're not going to be running very much, and it's going to hurt to run, especially if you've never done it before. And so I was like, okay, the, the treadmill's not really for me. So I, I moved over to the elliptical, which is a lot more low impact, a lot easier to get some kind of cardio workout in. So I started doing a lot of that, and I started doing a lot of the, the stationary bike. And I knew kind of anecdotally that weights was something I should do. Uh, I didn't know why, but I was like, all right, I see a lot of guys lifting weights. I'm going to try it. And uh, what I actually ended up doing was that I would look up on YouTube the night before workouts to do for your biceps, workouts to do for your chest, workouts to do for your legs, and so on and so forth. And I would program like five or six things I was going to do with the weights uh, for me to do the next day. And I'd do that, you know, trying new things all the time, seeing what I liked, what felt uncomfortable. And it took a lot of trial and error to for me to get to a place where I enjoyed those things. But I, I hate to say self-taught because that's not really what it is because I, I, I used things that, that were um, accessible through YouTube and stuff. But I, I, I took those things and I, I made what I could from it. Can I just jump in here really quickly because yeah. there's something almost like emerging, a word that's coming to my mind out of out of out of, out of this conversation, and it's something that I admire about Kevin, um, and it's the word consistency, right? Mm. And you don't go from February to July of that year dropping right. 40 pounds without consistency. And the reason that I want to pull this out is because um, something that I always struggle with mm-hmm. is is that. Right. So Mm -hmm. thinking about all the all the different things that we do in a day. Right. And prior to covid, I'm working, I'm teaching, Mm -hmm. I am doing the podcast, I am running all through New York City, but I need to work out and make it a priority. And sometimes I'm exhausted, but people are like, yo, that's not an excuse. And I believe that. Mm -hmm. But it was just difficult. Right. So I'll go a week straight consistent, Mm -hmm. then a week off. Another week straight, then two weeks off. Mm. How did you muster up the strength and courage and determination to get up every day and make it to that gym? Man, you know, it's funny. I I think about it in a couple ways. The, the first is that I was looking for something to feel good, right? Like, and I knew that drinking and smoking wasn't doing that for me. I knew that food wasn't doing that for me. And so I needed every day or every other day to find that thing that was going to make me feel good. And because I, I started feeling good from it, I, it was a lot easier to, to go because it, the work of it and the work aspect of it kind of went away. Uh, the other part of that is that I didn't go from zero to seven days a week. Uh, I knew that my body wouldn't be able to handle that. And, and I felt it, right? Like at, at first, like I, I, I felt, you know, my knees telling me, yo, you can't run is was a sign that saying, okay, it's time to take it slow and time to, to, to do something that, that you can do. And I, I think the thing is, man, is that you have to make it easy for yourself. And the way that you um, find a way to make it easy for yourself and make that progress easy for yourself. Like if you go once a week and the once a week is the, 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 the only time you have, just make the time that one, one time a week to, to get that movement in. Uh, if you can squeeze in two times a week, great. If you can squeeze in three, great. If you squeeze in four, great. But making the conscious effort to make it easy for yourself. Because that, I think that's the thing that, that a lot of people get caught up on is that they think that it ha- you have to be miserable all the time when you're doing that. You, you think that you have to be miserable in a diet. You think that you have to be miserable working out. And that you think that you just have to toughen it up. And, yo, know, toughening it up is fucking hard. Like, it is it is hard when, when you, you are trying to wear all these hats that, that, you, that you have to wear in your, in your entire life. That, that's not easy. Um, but once you make it easy for yourself and once you're able to do what you find enjoyable, that's when uh, the, the, the work and the progress starts coming. That's amazing. Um, and, and I asked this question almost selfishly. Yeah, no, of course. Right? And so I say that to say I've, I, 
my own like thinking about my own journey right yeah. and, and and health and i've been pretty i've been a lot better since covid because you're home right yeah so running and uh just cutting back on certain things yeah. so i'm doing okay yeah. but i i do think that for a lot of people this is a challenge right especially 100%. when you think back to i know people can't see you through the screen right now but this brother you would never know that he was <laughs> 300 pounds 300 plus yeah. right and so I think that it's important for people to hear this story because I think many of us are sitting back and we want to do this work. We want to get healthy. We want mm -hmm. to exercise sometimes to save our lives. And Absolutely. we don't know where to start. We don't know what to do. So mm -hmm. I, I love that. And sometimes we hear a little bit of, along this journey um, about how people document their progress. Is that something that you did? And do you find, did, did that make you excited? Like, what were you thinking as you saw the first 10 pounds drop and the next 20 pounds drop? Yeah. Uh, so a, an interesting thing is that like, I told myself that I was going to post myself on social media to be accountable. Um, and that's not right for everyone, right? Like that's, that's a, it's a, an incredibly personal uh, thing and an incredibly personal journey. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to put this out there because I want to make sure that like, I don't look back and, you know, get one of those, like, um, those time hop things from a year ago and say, man, I, I, I was doing that thing a year ago and then I gave up on it. I didn't want that. So I was like, okay, I want to be able to look at my progress little by little by little, because in, when you're living in your own body, you don't necessarily notice all the time when you're gaining weight. You don't necessarily notice all the time when you're losing weight. So I wanted a documented way to see my actual progress. And this thing that I had started for myself before um, I had started Bodega Body was, uh, I called it like Journey to 34, uh, 32, Journey to 32. And it was my journey to get to the the uh, goal size of a 32 gene and i was starting from a 44 um so you know i had a long way to go uh and i i you know i i made it there and i'm a size 32 now and uh i'm probably gonna stay here but i i needed that and i needed that that thing to to hold myself true to to my word you know, I think I think that's an, an incredible journey. I think goal setting is is super important and, and tracking it. I love what you did with social media. You're right. That's not for everyone. That, that would probably freak me out a little bit, but but I respect it. So obviously you shared that you are you are Mexican and Dominican. So let's talk a little bit about the food. Right. So how has how has your culture, uh, your varied cultures kind of played into your health journey? Like, how is that all connected? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking a lot about the the food for my culture and the food that that come from the, the places that we all come from, right? Like, I think about Mexican food and Dominican food, and I'm like, yo, this is all bomb. But my family doesn't always prepare the food in the best way. So I was trying to think about, okay, how can I maintain the flavor? How can I do that while also taking uh, health into account? And I I started by learning to use my oven a lot more, um, and I stopped frying food uh, as often. And I would make sure that like I would you know if I were to go to like a restaurant or something, I'd opt for the baked chicken, and the baked chicken was still good, right? Like a rotisserie chicken is, is still bomb if it's coming from a Dominican restaurant. But it's not the, the piece of fried chicken. Um, I would opt for leaner cuts of meat. So I'd um, move away from like thighs and wings and stuff. And I would go for like chicken breast whenever I could. Um, anytime I would be eating burgers, I, I would move to and make turkey burgers instead of eating beef. Because in general, uh, red meat isn't the best for you um red meat is is linked to a lot of cardiovascular diseases um and heart problems and and so it's it's tough sometimes to make the argument for eating red meat i know it can be delicious and i know you know uh sometimes the best the the things that are the most delicious aren't the best for us but i i worked on on removing some of that as well and like if i was making mangu like I would make sure that uh, the mangu, instead of adding butter to it, I would use coconut oil, right? Like it's, it's finding like little, little things to like still maintain some of that heart and soul, but like 
trying to eat it with a slightly healthier lens. You know, it's funny. One thing that I do uh, talking about just food and culture and red meat, right? So I don't buy red meat in my house. That's not the problem, right? I buy chicken. I buy ground turkey. Literally, that's that's pretty much all yeah. the meat that I buy. With the exception of today, we're having a cookout. So we are going to eat some red meat. Yeah. But those are the times that I that I try to save for red meat. It's like if yeah. I'm going out, maybe I can have a steak or, yeah. you know, a nice beef burger uh, whenever it is that I'm out. However, again, thinking about I'm a, I'm a single male who lives by himself. Yeah. And I come home at 7 p.m. Sometimes I'm not trying to cook that chicken or that yeah. turkey. Right. Absolutely. And so these are some of the things that I that I that are everyday struggles. Uh, again, COVID has been super helpful because I'm home and I get to cook and do all those right. things. I have time for it. But do you have any like words of encouragement and advice? And we'll go deeper into this later yeah. on. But just like based on your experience, right, with food, um, what do you encourage folks to do? Like some people do meal planning. You yeah. know, what does that look like? Uh, I did a lot of meal prep at first um and i'd still do through you know for for the most part i i tried to make sure that i can control as much as whatever I was eating as possible because i think that's the thing with with, with eating out is that like sure you can go to a, a, a quote-unquote healthier restaurant or, or order the healthy thing at the restaurant if it um if it fits in, into your you know into whatever it is that you're eating or um, you don't necessarily have time to cook, you know, going with a healthy option at a restaurant isn't bad, but I try to be able to control, um, what I eat as much as I can and taking back control of your food, I think is incredibly empowering. And I also like cooking, right? So like, I, I think that that also helps a little bit is that like, I enjoy, my dad was a chef. And so like, I enjoy the process of making food and I enjoy the process of like taking something and turning it into something else and making something bomb out of something that like you wouldn't think would taste good at first. And I learned pretty quickly that like, if I was just steaming my broccoli, it's not going to taste great. Right. Like if I'm, if I'm just, if I treat, um, uh, quote unquote healthier food as just like this like steamed bland thing i'm not going to enjoy it right so it's the same thing about like working out like you have to find a way to make that enjoyable for yourself to make it easier so the meal meal planning is one thing um sometimes i i encourage uh if you have something that you eat a lot throughout the week like rice for example like make make a big pot of rice you know at one point during the week and like heat it up throughout the week right because like you can eat rice throughout the week that's not necessarily going to go bad um i now am to the point where i'm eating the same thing like two to three times during that week and to just make it easier for myself um, trying to come up with something new every day is just too much work for me. I don't, you know, for me, it, it tastes good the next day. I'm fine with leftovers. Um, so, so I find that a little bit easier to, to work through as well. No, that's, uh, that's actually really good advice um, in terms of, and that's something that I need to be better around in terms of like making larger quantities so I can kind of share it out throughout the week. Because sometimes when you don't do that, what ends up happening is there could be a day where you just don't feel like doing it, like Jay said, and now you end up ordering out. Whereas if you had kind of uh, planned on the, on the previous end, you could have put yourself in a better position. Absolutely. And so I think I that... Uh like there there's there's food that you can do that with right like rice is a lot easier to do that with than like broccoli for example like you don't want to like cook broccoli on uh sunday to eat it on friday like that's not going to taste good so like things like that you want to make sure that you you can make fresh and and things that like are easy to turn around just turn it around a lot quicker um is 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 better very cool so i'm going to bring it back to bodega body uh so i want to i guess here how how you started it like how you why you decided to start it and why do you think that bodega body specifically is important in communities like the bronx yeah man i so after i had lost about 120 pounds uh which i yo, say can, can casually you say that again can you say that again <laughs> yo, <I> just... <laughs> Yo, did you hear this guy? He's like, yeah, after I dropped the, you yeah, know, yeah. 120, after you dropped a, like. a human, after you dropped a human <laughs> word, an adult um, human. Um, you know, after I had dropped about a 120, 
I had noticed a lot of people started asking me like, yo, how'd you do it? Like, what was the magic? What was the, what was your secret sauce? And I was like, absolutely no secrets here. Right. Like it's, it's all relatively easy and relatively simple. And I think people sometimes get mad at how easy I, I make it seem. And in, in my, my view is that it, it's a lot easier than we make it. And I think it's intimidating. And, and that's why people um, think that it has to be a much harder thing than it actually is. But I, I decided that I was like, man, like, I come from a place where the only kind of health advice my parents ever got was from uh, a random sheet of paper that, that my mom would get from her doctor saying, yo, like, uh, you know, instead of eating white rice, eat brown rice or don't eat fried food. And that was the extent of the health advice that, that we got. I had never really learned what it meant to work out. Like we would in school play like baseball or basketball. And I knew that that was exercise, but I, I, I didn't know what exercise was for. I didn't know what it was about. And I knew that there were people that, that come from similar situations where I come from were like, yo, I was broke as hell. And I was trying to figure out how to eat healthy on a $50 a week budget. And I needed to make that $50 last me for food for the entire week and i i was like i need to share this with with people because people need this and so people if you're from the bronx if you're from wherever wherever it is that you are it's it's important to know that you can make it happen it's it's all about um finding the the tips and the tricks that are going to make that easy for you no matter what your situation is and that's so, so that's where I, I decided to, to launch the website from it's it's to try to teach people some of the, the things that I had learned along the way through telling my own story. So that that's really cool. Uh, so I think I think in terms of being able to start, you make a really good point. Right. So wherever you are, you can start. But let's also be honest that there are challenges and barriers. Uh, one of them. Uh, one of them being in some parts of the Bronx and and in a lot of urban areas. You have food deserts. You have places where it's hard to find uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, right? Or they're just not the, or it's not the best fruits and vegetables, right? Like, so how do you combat some of those things? Yeah, there's there's a couple interesting things there. One, I am learning to uh, move away from the word food desert, and I, I picked this up from. Uh, a woman who uh, named Karen Washington. She is uh, often regarded as the um, mother of urban farming in New York City. She she had started um, a community garden in the late eighties uh, in Harlem. And can you she, say her? Sorry, can you say her name again? Uh, Karen Washington. Um, and she coined the term food apartheid. And food apartheid gets to the notion that. If, if we think about a desert, we, we think about this barren place with no life and any of that. When you move to the word apartheid, you start to realize there's a lot more there and there's a lot more um, happening beneath the surface to get you to think about what, what, what the actual problems are. And so what is that, right? It's, it's lack of information, right? Um, it's uh, lack of access, um, oftentimes because of, you know, historical issues around um, how our neighborhoods were shaped and how our neighborhoods were developed. Um, but also moving away from food deserts because the food desert doesn't acknowledge that there is a lot of potential that, that exists. Um, in the places that come from where we come from. And so that, that around that verbiage, that's, you know, the way I like to think about it. Um, and look, man, when, when I was losing weight, I was living in Harlem. Like I was living on 141st in Amsterdam and that neighborhood is changing now, right? Like it's being gentrified to hell. But I wasn't, you know, living in Williamsburg like I live now. I, you know, I was... Uh, there at my my food town making sure that I can you know try to to make that $50 budget work and like one of the things that, that I learned along the way that 
if you don't have access to the best looking fruit or vegetable, or if you don't even know what a good looking fruit or vegetable is, right? Like you could always walk over to the freezer section of your supermarket and you can always say, all right, uh, I'm gonna grab this, this, uh, this bag of frozen peas, this bag of frozen corn, this bag of frozen carrots, bag of frozen broccoli. And the, the key trick about frozen food is that they are frozen at their peak nutritional value. So meaning that sometimes you can get more nutrients from grabbing the frozen broccoli outside of the freezer aisle than you would going to the broccoli that's in the produce section because that's been sitting there for a couple days. Um, so that's one little thing. Uh, I learned also that you know, um, the, a lot of the foods that are, are staples in our diet in, in Latin America, I'm speaking for Latin American culture and specifically like rice, like beans, those things aren't expensive, right? And it's all about um, how you prepare those things, right? Maybe cut, cutting back on how much oil you're using, maybe changing the kind of oil you're using uh, in order to um, hit some of those things. I also think that we are starting to make a little bit of progress um, in terms of food access. I'm talking specifically in New York City, um, where we're seeing a lot more uh, community gardens pop up. We're seeing a lot more uh, farmers markets start to pop up. Um, there's a lot of benefits now. Like if you happen to live on on SNAP, uh, I still call them food stamps, but um, if you if you happen to be living on SNAP, that there's uh, incentives for people who um, are buying more fruit and vegetables. They they have like this like crediting program um, that that you have that extra incentive to want to buy that thing and, and add that into your cart. But you know one of the things that that's also important to know that access isn't the only problem, and it's that education and information piece that's also important. Like they're um, part of the work that Karen uh, Washington had done was that she said you can lead the you know our neighborhood to whole foods right you could put the whole foods in the neighborhood that doesn't mean people are all of a sudden going to be healthy and that doesn't mean that people all of a sudden are going to eat all the healthy food there is an education piece that is incredibly important which which goes back to uh the the mission for the website it it is trying to educate people that come from where we come from uh in a way that they might not have thought of before Thanks so much for dropping all these gems and, and tips, right? I actually took down some notes as you were, as you were talking, right? Food yeah. apartheid, apartheid, when we're talking about, uh, no, I didn't notice, right? The nutritional value of frozen food yeah. and knowing that it's frozen at its peak, right? That sometimes could be a healthier option. So I think all these gems are super important for, for folks to learn. Yeah, there, there's something else that you mentioned earlier in the interview, and I kind of wanted to take this conversation in that direction just a little bit sure and you mentioned you know back in your college days when you first broke up with your uh your 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 girlfriend before mm -hmm. and um drinking and smoking and just kind of like eating terribly etc part of that you mentioned it being depression mm. so can you talk a little bit about just the importance of uh mental health and what that meant for you and or or what does it mean for you today right yeah. and just kind of talk to us a little, a little bit about that yeah man i look i i think that our communities um don't talk about mental health enough we we oftentimes just say like yo you know like uh you know, homeboy has, has emotional problems like home, you know, he's angry all the time. Uh, he doesn't know how to, how to talk to people. We don't know how to talk to people, right? Like I, I'm speaking for the three of us as, as men, like we don't always think it's okay to, to talk about how we feel. And, you know, because somewhere along the way it was socialized into us that, it makes you less of a man to uh, share how you're feeling. If that feeling isn't anger, if that feeling isn't pride, if that feeling isn't, um, you know, trying to show off for, for shorty that, that you're trying to hit on. Um, and that takes a toll. And if you're trying to, to toughen it out through everything. You're trying to toughen it out to try to be healthy. You're trying to toughen it out to try to make sure you can provide for your family. You're trying to toughen it out for whatever situation that you're in. 
that's going to take a big toll on you. And you're not always going to be able to make the best decisions uh, for you. You're not going to be the best person that you can for your family. You're not going to be the best person for the ones that you love. And so for me, I tried to toughen it out through everything, right? Like I tried to toughen it out through the stresses of having a, a shitty job. I, I tried to toughen it out through living this unhealthy life. And obviously like it was leading me down a destructive path and I was drinking a lot more. I was eating a lot more. I was letting myself go because of it. And so when you're toughening it, toughening it out, you have to think about the things that you're sacrificing in order to toughen it out. And once you can start to peel back some of those layers and addressing some of the things that are um, emotionally holding you back, then you can start having conversations around physical health. You can start having conversations around everything else because it's a holistic body to me, right? Like you are, you are one body that your mind is a part of it. Your muscles are a part of it. Your blood is a part of it. Everything you have one experience. I'm, I'm not a religious guy, but like you have one body to live on this planet and you have to make sure that you can try to be your best self in every single aspect of your life um, for those people around you. I always think about um, how my parents had a, a bunch of health issues and all the struggles that my parents went through um, around mental health and around uh, physical health. And I'm like, that's not the best example. And if I want kids one day, what it is it that I'm going to teach them about how to be your best self? Is it working hard or is it trying to be better and better every single day? I love that. I want to follow up really yeah. quickly on something you said, right? And, and one thing that you just mentioned was you have to be able to peel back these layers of toughness that we've been socialized to yeah. believe in. How do we do that, right? So many of us do grow up, especially in, in from the communities that the three of us specifically come from, right? S speaking from what I know from Kev and what I'm hearing about you, no one was really around us telling us like, yeah, you need to be vulnerable or yeah, you need to talk about mental mm -hmm. health or physicality or any of these things and you need to eat these types of foods or, right? And yeah. even today we see the impact of that with probably with some of our own um, friends, right? Who yeah. identify as men. And I think it is such an important piece, but people may want to do this and not know how, right? So when we yeah. talk about peeling back layers, let's define that and, and talk yeah. to us a little bit about the process of. Yeah, that, no, that, 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 that's, that's a great point. I think that when you, and I'm, I'm again, talking from the perspective of a man, um, Define mask like being a man for yourself, not just masculinity, but define what it means to be a man, right? Like, is a man a provider, right? Like, is a man um, supposed to live a certain way? Is a man supposed to be something for the people around him? And you're just like, all right, I want to be a provider. Well, um, in order to be a provider, I need to make sure that I can live my healthiest life because I want to make sure I can provide for my family as long as possible. Um, well, a man is also a good husband, right? So in order to be a good husband, I need to make sure I can have conversations with my wife about both the easy things and the hard things, but also make sure that you can have those conversations in a productive way. So making sure that I learn to listen, making sure that I know how to communicate uh, with my wife um, in a way for her to understand where it is that I'm coming from, right? Like that's vulnerability. That's um, vulnerability doesn't have to mean being sad. Being vulnerable is just show like showing what it is that you're thinking on the inside and not thinking that you can handle it all yourself because being a man isn't being able to handle it all yourself. It's being able to say, you know, I can't handle this all myself and I need a partner to get through this. I need a partner in crime to, to make sure I get through whatever it is. Um, I think that that's what I I start to think about what I mean peeling, peeling back the layers is like breaking those things down um, and trying to make those little changes. And obviously it's not hard, right? Especially if you're not used to it. Um, so sometimes having those conversations aren't always the easiest, but not having easy conversations is how you start to peel back some of those layers. Breaking out of your comfort zone is how you start to peel back some of those layers. 
You know, I love all of those answers. And as uh, I guess the certified married man on the the podcast, I I definitely wholeheartedly agree, wholeheartedly agree with a lot of what you said. And and for me, that so I've been married uh, four years. Our anniversary was actually the the twenty eighth of July. Shout out to us. Um, it's uh, congratulations. Sorry, sorry. Oh, Congrats, right. <laughs> Congrats, oh, thank, happy thank anniversary! You. All that great stuff thank that you got going I, I, on. Yeah, no, I, I was fishing a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, but thank you, <laughs> appreciate it. Um, but I think, Rich, I think you hit on something that's so key, right? Not just having the the easy conversations, but having the the more difficult conversations, yeah. right? And that's something that I've I've learned and am learning every day, right? Um, so I think that that's definitely key. Also, I didn't have a, a role model for what it meant to be a man, right? No. Definitely not a husband, right? I grew up in a single parent household and they're the only marriage that I ever saw was my grandparents. Um, mm-hmm. God bless them both, they passed away, but they were married 60 something years, but their their marriage was dope, but it was, it was old school. It was a very old school marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there were a lot of things that I didn't, I didn't know in terms of communication, right? Yeah. That I, that I am learning, that I'm learning now, and I'm learning over, and and you learn through through trial and error. You're not always going to get it right. Like there's a lot of times that you are going to, that you're going to miss. Um, I mean, but I like what you said about being about listening, right? Being able to acknowledge when you've missed, um, and being able to kind of say, you know what, we're going to reset and we're going to try this over. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so I, I definitely appreciate that um and as i'm on my my journey i'm i'm learning and the cool thing about it is the fact that you're not going to get it right every time you have another opportunity every day to kind of to kind of learn and grow um and then each one teach one right so i didn't have i didn't have any married folks that i knew that i could kind of like talk to but now i'm able to kind of do that for some of my homies and stuff like that and and, kind of share what i'm learning as i'm learning absolutely man like the i always go back to uh, this, this phrase I had heard uh, when I was younger, I forget who said it, but the de- definition of insanity is trying to do something over and over and expecting a new result every time. You can't be your best self. You can't be your best partner if every time you try to have that conversation, it ends up in a fiery, heated debate, I'll say. <laughs> no, definitely. Because you're, you're going to make mistakes every yeah. day. But don't make the same mistake every day, right? Start to to learn and to grow and then make new mistakes that your wife could be mad at you about. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing I want to kind of find out about, obviously we're in COVID. Um, You are in in dope shape and you kind of know what to do and stuff like that. For for people who might be kind of beginning their journeys uh, and they might be beginning their journeys during COVID or they might begin their journeys after listening to our episode, right? what what would you say would be a place for them to start um, if they're they're not used to working out and they don't have access to a gym? What are some things you think tangible things you think they could be doing like kind of right now? Uh, I'll give you the easiest one. Uh, go for a walk, take the stairs, right? Like it's doing little things every single day to try to get your body moving. That's actually one of the things I started doing is that like I had to stop taking elevators. Um, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to walk up these stairs. And at first I was uncomfortable, but you get used to those stairs a little bit more and more every day. Um, uh, going on long walks right now is probably uh, one of my favorite things to do because it's outside. I'm away from people and I'm able to clear the mind, right? Like I'm not looking at my phone. Uh, I'm not thinking about you know the latest thing that the president said i'm not thinking about uh whatever other news that that's going on i'm just got my headphones in and i'm just trying to clear the mind and taking long walks is a great way to 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 start and for some people starting by walking is really all they need right like when i was 334 yeah walking every day would have helped a lot um and, and walking more every day helps a lot. Um, beyond that, there's, you know, uh, there's there's tons of great stuff right now um, that's always accessible on YouTube about like things that you can do in your living room, um, things that you can do in, in your, uh, with your family, even if that's something that you want to do together. Because um, obviously like 
community helps. So like the, the, the more people around you that, that participate in something, uh, the better. Uh, so, so, so finding whatever kind of living room workout you can find, literally like, just like type that into YouTube, like living room workouts, like, you know, and they don't have to be hours long, right? They, there's 15 minute workouts, there's seven minute workouts, there's 20 minute workouts that you can do. Those are free. You don't have to pay a dime to, to, to use those things. Um, uh, if you want to start running more, like go for a run, right? Like you, I'm, I'm assuming that most people uh, have a pair of sneakers in in their um, in their closet. So if you have a pair of sneakers that that, that you can use, um, you know, try, try to go for a run. Try to uh, ease yourself into that as well. Um, I picked up uh, uh, learning how to jump rope along the way uh, as well. It's actually um, pretty low impact. Um, a jump Yo, rope. That's- that's Preaching. Jason's thing, actually. Jason yeah. is a Jason is a jump. Jason got me into to jump rope and stuff like that. Jason's a jump yeah. roper. It's it's great, man. Like, it's it's not as as hard on the knees as uh, something like running is. Um, so you can do a lot of it, especially as you start picking up the rhythm a lot more. And I'll tell you, if you've never jumped rope in your life and you try to pick up jump rope, you will get frustrated to hell. Um, but you, you gotta, you gotta try it, right? Like it, it has to be, okay. uh, breaking out of your comfort zone. Can I, can I just jump in really quickly because I'm laughing as, as you're saying this, thinking about Kevin, um, and myself. So Kevin and I were waking up like seven, eight o'clock and we would work out. And the first thing I would always tell him to do is, yo, 15 minutes of jump rope. And I hear, I usually have my headphones on when I'm working oh. out so I can hear Kevin, but we're on FaceTime. And as I'm jump roping, I'm like, you, you know, I learn. I, I go to boxing something like pre-COVID. I was going to boxing, so that's where I learned how Same. to jump rope. Yeah. And Kevin, I would hear his rope smacking the ground so hard, <laughs> and I'm like, Kev, are you holding the rope really tightly as you're? And so I started to kind of just tell him yeah. these like little these little things. And now Kev is jump roping on his own, right? Yeah. And He's rocking out. But to your point, it's such a great workout. And it's it's a funny connection between Kevin and I as I'm hearing this thing. As yeah. I'm hearing you talk about like beginner jump rope because it's true. Like it's just it's a little bit of a struggle in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. But like once you get it and you start getting a rhythm, you're like, oh, like I'm I'm over here like Mike Tyson, just like just jumping rope and like I'm yeah, I'm I'm floating like a butterfly. Yeah. I think that's yeah. Muhammad Ali, but you know <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I mean. Um you know, there's a lot of great stuff like that that I think you can do. Um, there's a lot of great apps. It's honestly, if you Google hard enough, if you want to try something you and you don't have equipment, you can find it, right? And you can find that thing it is that you enjoy. If you want to dance salsa furiously in your apartment and work up a sweat doing that, do it. Like, that. you know, that is a workout. Um so it's just it's all about finding the, the the little things that you can get that joy of right now. Absolutely. So again, this is like health journey fitness one on one with Rich, right? Uh, appreciate <laughs> everything that that course, you're man. saying and all the advice and just sharing your journey. So now that we heard all, all about the dope stuff you're doing, what's next for Bodega Body? Like, what can we look forward to? Man, that's that's uh, it's great. I um actually just launched the Bodega Body podcast um a couple weeks back uh where i talked to my friends from both throughout the fitness industry but friends who just are also just passionate about fitness um to get their story and their perspective on fitness and one of the things that that is meant to do is that i want to want people to understand that there are different flavors of fitness right like just just like there's different flavors of people um, there's different perspectives uh, on fitness and everyone goes through it a little bit differently like from the kid who was always an athlete to the people who grew into it like I just had on a guy who uh, was 260 pounds and is now a marathon runner um, and you know really really dope dude but he talks a lot about it, like learning how to cook your own food you know learning how to run so we just talked about that. Um, other than that, I um, am, I'm trying to figure out right now how I can um, take all the people doing great work in places like the Bronx um, and help them on the content side 
and help them tell the stories of the things that they're trying to do. Because I think some people are, are really good community organizers. I think some people are, are really good at like getting in on the ground and doing the good work. Um, my skills are on the content side. I, you know, I, I've, I was never a community organizer. Those are things I can learn. Um, but but helping them showcase some of that great work that they do as well um so they can be able to uh, tell those stories on on bigger platforms and in, in other ways as well so I, i'm trying to figure out how i can uh get in with, with with some organizations um to to do that so thank you for that uh yo rich you you've been amazing uh so i like i said before um Part of the like my nine to five job being a counselor. Part of the joy in it is getting to see uh, people go out into the world, young people go out into the world and do really dope things. So I'm excited for you, and uh, definitely, folks, check out uh, Bodega Body. Check out the podcast. Check out the website. Check out all of it. So I'm gonna pull out some things that uh, kind of really spoke to me. And Jay, feel free to kind of piggyback on anything I, I, I might leave out. Um, so one of the interesting things, and this is not about fitness per se, uh, but being careful about the language that we use, right? So uh, food desert is a term that I've been using my, my whole life to describe the place that I'm from, right? But it, it's not that simple, right? There's, uh, when you use a, a term like food desert, right, it's really limiting. Um, so I, I'm glad that you kind of uh, reframed that for me, right? Mm. Um, so I think that that's dope. So right, really being careful of the language that we use when we talk about ourselves or where we're from, right? Because there's beauty in it, right? So let's not use mm -hmm. limiting language. So thank you for that. Um, consistency, right? When you when you first started out, uh, I can imagine it was not easy, right? But you mm. were consistent, and consistent for everyone looks different, right? It doesn't mean going from zero to a hundred, right? Maybe it's going that once a week until you have time to go more, right? Um, also in terms of where to start, like we are in the age of Google. You could Google working out from home, right? There are things that you could be doing today, right? Right now to kind of get you to where you need to be. Um, also creating something sustainable for yourself. Uh, a lot of times people will try to, um, I'm gonna go zero to 100 and then it fails because they're either taking too many things out of their diet that they enjoy or there are certain things that they grew up eating that instead of just modifying the way they're cooking it, they just completely take it out and then they kind of um, uh, end up not succeeding in that way. Um, and then the, the last one, um, and this this is uh, more focused toward uh, toward some of uh, the, the, the men listening, right? Um, like we have to kind of rethink the way we look at masculinity sometimes, right? Uh, allowing ourselves to be more vulnerable, right? Mental health is a real thing, right? Some of us will get our bodies right, but not making sure that we're getting our mentals right. And it's all one system, right? So making sure that we're more we're vulnerable, making sure that we have people we can check in with. Um, Jay and I talk often about things that are going on in our lives, right? Uh, and share emotions, right? And that's and that is okay. And we're allowed to do that. Um, so yeah, those are some of the those are some of the things I got, Jay. I don't know if you want to. Last in. piece is the importance of doing your research, right? Mm -hmm. Like, don't just. What works for Rich or Kevin or myself may not work for you. So you want to kind of learn and see what are the different things that you could do that you could adopt from the three of us, but also start to think about some things that work, work for you, right? So just the researching component, understanding uh, different types of food you can put into your body and what they do, et cetera. And, um, you know, I think th those pieces are always key. So definitely take some time to kind of do a little research on, on, on your own if you, if you, if you can. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think you guys hit, hit the hit the big nails on the head. And um, the, the one thing that, that I want to make sure I get across is that it there's no easy one. Like there isn't a magic pill that you can take. Right. There isn't a diet that's going to solve all your problems. I actually hate the word diet um, and I hate that diets. But that's, you know, a different thing. Like you you're, you're going to have to work for it. And you're going to have to make yourself uncomfortable at times. And you're going to have to try to break yourself away from, from some of the things that you might be used to, especially if, if you're going from, you know, from point zero like I was. Um, so, so making sure that you are finding out for yourself the reason why you want to do it, whether it be health, whether it be aesthetic things, right? Like it's okay to want an aesthetic change. Um, but just like getting to the heart of it all and making sure that you're keeping balance for yourself, no matter what it is that you're trying to do. 
No doubt, no doubt. So thank you for that. So um, at Live from the Bronx, uh, we also like to have fun, right? Um, I think this conversation was fun, it was cool, but we like to play a little game called Rapid Fire. I can call it a game, right, Jay? It's a game? Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, cool, we'll call it a game. So what we do, um, and what Jay's gonna do specifically, he is going to throw out five questions to you, right? And what you are going to do is you are going to answer with the first word or words that come to your head. It oh is boy. meant to be fun. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't, don't think too hard, don't get flustered. Um, just have a little fun with it. Right. We call this rapid fire. Jay, if you don't mind, take it away. You ready, Rich? I am ready. Let's do it. What or who is your health inspiration? Oh, man. Uh, C.T. Fletcher. Uh, if you ever uh, look him up, he's uh, a bodybuilder um, who just like yells into his camera. And so like I always like picture C.T. Fletcher yelling into my into my headphones to give me motivation. What is your guilty pleasure snack? Uh, pizza. Um, pizza is, is really great. Um, it's one of the greatest inventions ever. And I always make sure that like, no matter what, like if I'm looking to treat myself to something is grabbing a slice. Okay. The next three questions. I love your explanations, Rich, but let's put those on pause. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's just go quick rapid fire. All right. All right. Uh, third question. One word to describe your health journey. Immense. What is your favorite TV show? Law and Order. What is your favorite book? Uh, Decolonize Your Diet. I've never heard of that. I have to check that out. Um, but that is rapid fire and oh, with, your, with your boy Jay and Rich. And so thank you for, for participating in it. It wasn't too bad, right? Not, not too bad. I am long-winded sometimes. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's all good. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But that was dope. I'm going to kick it back over to Kev for the next three Bronx questions. No doubt. My man Jay wanted extra, I mean, my man Rich wanted extra credit. He was like, no. Well, pizza because. The <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we, we are a Bronx podcast, and we are very proud of the fact that we are a Bronx podcast. So we like to wrap up with three Bronx questions. Um, so let's say you have a friend who's never been to the Bronx before. Obviously, you grew up in the X, and you wanted to take them out to eat. Uh, what is one spot you have to take them to? Uh, El Hobo. It's a uh, Dominican restaurant on 181st uh, between Morris and Walton. It's owned by my cousins. Uh, it is delicious. It's been in our family for quite some time. Can you say the name of it again? Or, or El, El Hobo. Uh, E-L-J-O-B-O. Nice. Okay. I have not been, but I will definitely check it out. Um, okay. So let's say you and the same friend. Now, y'all just came from El, um, El Hobo. Did I say that right? El Hobo. El Hobo. Well, yeah, you just came from El Hobo, so y'all are fed, y'all feeling good, and now you want to hang out in the Bronx. Where's one spot you're taking this friend to? Uh, taking them on a ride down the four train over to Yankee Stadium. Uh, you know, it's uh, it grew up in the backyard, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's where magic happens. The greatest baseball franchise in history. Uh, yeah. Shout out to the Yankees. Okay, very cool. So last. But not least, uh, there are a lot of negative stereotypes about the Bronx. Here at Live from the Bronx, we want to smash negative stereotypes every opportunity and chance that we get. So what is one negative stereotype about the Bronx that you've heard that you want to kind of dismantle today? Uh, that you have to sound a certain way when you talk. Um, I think this is something I've dealt with my entire life because I learned English from Barney um, and I learned English from the news. Uh, so I, you know, I sound like a newscaster when I talk and it's cause they taught me English. Um, and, and so, you know, whether I, I've heard it from, you know, both people of color and from, uh, you know, the white people that I work with sometimes it's like, Oh, you don't sound like you're from the Bronx. Uh, and I tell them what does someone from the Bronx sound like? I grew up on, for the record, I grew up on 179th and Morris Ave. Um, so definitely yeah, it's, it's the Bronx, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I, yo, it's so funny. Random. I actually went to uh, Taft High School, oh, so nice. yeah, 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 right up the block. No doubt. Yes, you could be from the Bronx and sound however you want to sound. So thank you for that. Yo, Rich, this was dope. This was super dope. I uh, just want to, no doubt. We we just want to want to thank you. Uh, we want to thank you for taking the time. You left us with a lot to think about. Uh, and I think the less listeners will really kind of get some some motivation from this episode. Um, so 
if uh, the, if the listeners want to want to find you, right? Um, how can they find you on social media? Can you throw out the social medias and the site again for us? Uh, yeah. So uh, you can find the, the the stuff that I write um, on bodegabody.com. Um, you can listen to the podcast uh, wherever you stream your podcast: Apple Music, Spotify, um, Anchor, wherever. Um, just the Bodega Body Podcast. Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Rich Cebada. Uh, that's Rich C E B A D A. Um, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bodega Body. Very cool. And Jay, if you don't mind, if you could draw our social media for us, please. Yes, sir. You can follow Live from the Bronx on Instagram at Live from the Bronx. That's B R O N X. You can follow us on Twitter at Live from the bx and you can send us an email let us know what you're thinking send us a review you know uh ask some questions let us know who you want to see on the show our email is info at live from the bronx.com and don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend to check us out no doubt i think i think we accomplished what we set out to do episode 19 in the books i'll add me